Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. The first day of padded practice happened as in the books, and Matt Derrick is here to tell us all about it. I hope that you guys are going to enjoy this. We'll talk about who was out there, who wasn't, what the result was, and where it's going from here. Welcome to Locked On Chiefs. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. Matt Derrick is back. How are you, Matt? I'm doing pretty well, Ryan. How about yourself? Did you get a little break in the weather out there in St. Joe? It has been two pretty nice days the last couple of days. I went outside this morning. It's 63 degrees. Um, think it it was kicking up in the maybe the maybe the middle high 70s this morning. Because this was the longest practice yet. First padded practice. Uh, they went a little bit longer than they had gone the last couple of days. So we might have gotten up to 78 today. Who knows? Wow. Um, but yeah, complete break from last week. I know the players are enjoying it, and certainly us media lazy fatties are certainly enjoying it. <laughs> pretty good for August third. I mean, that's that's pretty incredible. Seventy eight degrees. Uh, I'm hope that it keeps up for you. Um, it's another week or so since I'm going to be there. We'll see what happens then. But lot going on. Uh, hopefully, it makes your job a little bit easier. Like you said, a longer practice. But today was the pads were on. Um, some thud, right? But we're not talking full go to the ground or anything like that. Not quite, no. I mean, uh, you know, going to the ground, not technically permissible, but going to the ground happens on occasion. Right. Um, but there were some definite, some pops today. Um, yeah. Some, you know, there were some good sounds. Some guys, some interesting guys made some sounds with, with their hitting and everything. So it was definitely a, a different atmosphere at, at practice today, for sure. We're going to get into it, and hopefully I won't forget anyone, but if so, that's, that's what the wrap-up segment's for. In the meantime... Uh, I think everybody kind of held their breath a little bit this morning. Um, we got a little information from Andy, but what is your take on uh, Tyreek Hill tendonitis, is it? Yeah, that's a, that's what the report was. Uh wasn't something that had been bothering him before. Uh, just popped up this morning. He came out uh, very early, was among the first arrivals out on the practice field, and then headed back to the, the locker room, then came back uh, uh, late, was one of the last arrivals just before the re-arrivals in that case. Uh, just before practice started, took part in the stretch period uh, and then went over to the it didn't go over to the medical tent, but went over to the the strength and conditioning tent, mm-hmm. took off his pads, uh, did some weightlifting, mostly upper body, doing some curls, that kind of thing, uh, and then headed out after about 40 minutes on the practice field. So um, since this is that it's not serious, nobody seems to be too concerned about this. Uh, just a little sore knee that pops up from maybe a little overuse now and then. Uh, I think, you know, hey, if we get a couple of days from now and he's not practicing and still bothersome, then that's when to be concerned. But at this point, nobody in St. Joe seems terribly alarmed. Okay. And that was my take as well. And for folks who don't know, uh, tendonitis is generally an inflammation of a tendon. doesn't necessarily mean it's it's a broad-based injury. Um, and it does come and go. So I hate to say it, but day-to-day is probably the best way to put it, right? <laughs> You de- hate to use the word day-to-day. I know. And, and, oh. and nobody used day-to-day today, but I'm sure we'll hear day-to-day at some point. Uh, and he seemed pretty uh, comfortable with it. He also, I thought, had a, a positive comment on, on Juan Thornhill. Um, it's it's tough to read into these, these quick, short answers about where somebody's at. But um, just your general feeling about where that injury is and whether uh, we should be starting to get concerned as, as time goes on. Yeah, um, you know, Thornhill, Chad Williams, too, were both the guys that left with groin injuries on, uh, yes, on Monday at this point. I can't remember what days of the week are during training camp. Come on, you know that. Uh, (laughs) 
say minus two. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, not, neither one of them seemed too serious. Both those guys walked up on their own up the hill back to the locker room, which is always a good sign. Um, Thornhill, both those guys were on the practice field today. We're not taking part in any of the, the workouts, but, you know, we're definitely observers. Uh, once again, yeah, I mean, no, no, it doesn't seem to be any terrible concern. Uh, really, the only thing with Thornhill is it's just another slowdown. I mean, um, you know, the, the Chiefs have been really careful with him, trying to ramp him up slowly through the offseason, um, even during camp. I mean, you know, really kind of measuring his workload a little bit, you know, having him run with the twos and mixing him with the ones on occasion. Um, so, yeah, just they were trying their best to ramp him up to get him going at full speed. And now there's another slowdown. So. I think at this point, it's just more worry and frustration about that aspect of it, not about the groin specifically. Okay. Well, and and that's, I, I can see that because there's time, there's not that much time. You you need to get some of this work done before the season rolls around. So I, I'm with you there. In what uh, the reaction was to Tyreek Hill not being out there, who, who do you think made the most of their day in the wide receiver group? It's interesting. I mean, uh, you know, we saw got a few new guys getting some reps in there and they kind of spread them out a little bit. Um, but definitely the guy who, who definitely, uh, you know, uh, got the biggest boost out of it was Marcus Kemp. I mean, uh, there were two team periods. One was a, a seven minute down by two scores. Uh, you know, offense needs to come down, score quickly, period. And that finished with a, a, a long touchdown from from Mahomes to, to Kemp on kind of a post route. And, and then I think it was a little bit of a crosser on the second one, uh, another one. It was another great throw. Um, that was a, a two-minute period in the second the second team period. Um, but not, just another perfect throw to Kemp. He holds it down. So the one's got two touchdowns today. Both of them were Mahomes to Kemp. Uh, but there were some interesting guys. I mean, Reese Fountain was a guy who got a couple of uh, reps with the ones. I mean, Cornell Powell's getting in there. Um, there's usual suspects, you know, the Gary Dieters and Antonio Callaway is mixing in there as well. So. The prospects for that, you know, whether it's five or six wide receivers, there's still a lot of names in the mix. I, I took that report on camp as being, hey, 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 don't don't forget about me. Don't forget about Marcus Kemp, Ben. Do not, even... do not sleep on Marcus Kemp. <laughs> he might have been directing that at me even. Sorry, Marcus. We'll uh, make sure to include you in that. And, you know, there's a lot going on on the offense and a lot I really want to know specifics about. I think we'll get into that after we tell you about your, our friends over there at BetOnline.ag. And bet online is the fastest and easiest way to make all your sports action bets. Baseball season through the roof, NBA, NHL, obviously football, even UFC and MMA. Before the next contest, go to bet online on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all the sporting news, the odds, the bonuses, everything you need to place your action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. It's your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs at playoffs or even a brand new season. Head over to the website, use your device, and check it out today. You'll receive a 50% bonus on your deposit. That's 50% on top of what you deposit at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and use the promo code LOCKEDON. Let them know that we sent you over there. So, Matt, thud is a great thing, and I know there was good (laughs) sound out there. I can imagine where most of it came from, but for me, the prime thing that I wanted to see is how the rookies did today. Uh, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, and Lucas Niang. Um, let's start inside. How did you feel the day overall was for him? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, all three of the rookies, honestly, I mean, performed really, really well. Um, you know, Creed Humphrey, his first his first uh, reps in the one-on-ones against Derek Nottie, he won those pretty handily. And, you know, it was really good hand placement. I mean, it was, it was a very technically sound 
um, block. He, he struggled a little bit on the, on the second reps, but, you know, it was definitely the first time out was great. Um, Trey Smith, same. I mean, he was a little bit more, I think, power than technically sound, but mm-hmm. uh, was really effective. Niang has struggled at times. I mean, he's been filling in for Mike Rimmers uh, with him out, and he's had some up and down moments. And, you know, he, he has struggled a little bit. Um, but I, so far at this point, I mean, as, as Andy Reid would tell you and say, not everything's perfect. Um, but, but Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith on the inside have both looked really good so far. Did we see more of the, the evolution of the run blocking scheme here today? A little bit. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to get a really good firm grasp for, you know, what they are doing, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you are, you're seeing them trying to get a little bit more power into that run game. Uh, we saw a lot of run between the tackles today. Not not saying that there wasn't some of the the outside stuff. I mean, I know McCall Hardman had one on an end around. Um, they did a few things, but there was a lot of you know just trying to pound it between the tackles. Uh, maybe there's just a little bit of shaking the cobwebs off too, and get everybody a chance to get some hits. But uh, you know, you talk about thuds. Um, Nick Bolton had a couple of good thuds. Willie Gay had some good thuds. Um, really interesting one, uh, Elijah McGuire running back coming up the middle and, and Dorian O'Daniel had it been a full to the ground practice. I think he might've popped him into another stratosphere because that was probably the loudest hit of the day, um, wow. between that and, and, and of all people, Noah Gray with a nice little block at one point, uh, those were a couple of good little pops that just kind of surprised me. That's, that's nice to hear. I was going to ask you. I know McGuire's trying to make the most of the advantage he has right now with Darwin Thompson out. That certainly makes sense to me. I also heard some folks say that Darrell was looking pretty good running between that power stuff as well. Who do you think looked the best out there in the running back crew? Yeah, I, I mean, today I thought I thought Darrell Williams looked really good. I mean, yeah. he he seems, to, I think, of the group probably the best suited um, for maybe some of the straight power stuff. Um, Clyde had a great cutback at one point too so you know he's he's definitely got that ability um but Daryl had a couple of really nice runs uh yeah Elijah Maguire is trying to take advantage of that I'll tell you what I mean of the young guys that uh t- trying to take advantage of Darwin Thompson not being out there uh might be Derek Gore uh, I think that he's even been most impressive I I still think it's a, a long shot battle for a couple of those guys maybe even Thompson because it might just be a numbers game um but there's a I would say at this point a probably a pretty big line between Jarek McKinney and or Kenan rather and uh who's going to be the number four okay uh, but uh Gore can scoot from what I understand yeah right? he can he's got some good movement he's had some good hands I mean he's he's shown a lot since you know being there in the, at the rookie mini camp and uh I've always been really impressed from you know with him as, as in the passing game it's what we've seen a lot of early on um but yeah he gets to give the chance to run the football a little bit here he's he's looked good at that too okay I, I postulated this morning on the, the early video uh, on RGR just about what the effect was of those young guys on the line going up against Jerry Reed in particular and what he's able to give them in terms of a, a new look, a, a real look at what they're going to face come week one. Um, in particular, reps with Reed. Anybody stand out to you that were, that were able to weather that storm better than others? Yeah, I probably need a little bit more to to see before I can start measuring some of the you know that kind of thing. I mean, some of the the, the bigger matchups have been a little bit easier to identify, especially out on the edges. Um, the stuff in the middle has been a little bit more difficult. I mean, today was the first day that we really got to see some of the you know like nine on seven drills and some of the other things specifically that you know kind of centered a little bit more about the run game and, and up the middle. Um, but you you asked the question of what what brings to mind, frankly, is Chris Jones because. 
Uh, Chris Jones has dominated anywhere he's been on the field, right, left, outside, middle. Um, there's no doubt. I mean, Chris Jones has been the best defensive lineman in this camp by far. And if there's been any questions about whether he could handle the moves to the outside and that would affect him on the inside too, the answer is no. I mean, he has just flat out been the, the, the best all-around defensive lineman out there by far. Okay. So no longer a question. Um, I understand that Lucas Niang is, is coming into his own. He had a, a bit of a rough day, though. Would you say that in observing that, is it more about power? Is it more about moves? Is it just being raw at this point for Niang? I think it's probably just being raw at this point. I mean, you know, remember, this is a guy that, um, because of the injury, really hasn't had meaningful snaps in certainly over a year and a half, if yeah. not almost really pushing 18 months. I mean, you got to go really, I think, even to October, November of, you know, his last year in college. I mean, it's been that long. Um, so you see, I think the athleticism is there. I mean, I think you see the technique. It's all there. Um, it's just getting used to things. And you know what? I mean, you're a rookie that hasn't really, like I said, seen meaningful snaps in 19, 20 months, and you're going up against Chris Jones. Yeah, that's that's not going to be a favorable matchup for you. So he's he's going to have some growing pains, and there's going to be some up and down moments. Uh, I think you know it's a lot. Maybe it's too much of a generalization to make after a couple of days, but I think we've seen why that the Chiefs would like to have Mike Rimmers win that job because I do think that Niang just needs a little bit more seasoning, and, and they're giving it to him. I mean, he's getting a lot of snaps. He's been working on the left side and then on the right side. They're not afraid to throw him in there, but I think you're just seeing there's a, there's a little ways to go for him. Yeah, I, I hope the Rammers gets back as well. And, and I do find that sometimes that initial throw into the fire can really be troublesome, but they can learn a lot from it. Maybe it takes a week or two or even longer than that out of the fire to really absorb it all and be able to put it back into your game. So I hope that that happens as well. But he's not alone. Uh, it wasn't the greatest day for Orlando Brown against Chris Jones either, was it? No, it was not. I mean, that's another, <laughs> it's just a bad matchup. I mean, you're Orlando Brown, and the first thing you got to do go out there and face is Chris Jones. I mean, Chris Jones been manhandling everybody. So mm -hmm. uh, maybe if he draws a an easier assignment, maybe he would have fared a little better there. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, hey, that's probably something that's a little bit of a matchup disadvantage um, in a one-on-one -on -one situation. I mean, Chris Jones is going to win a lot of one-on-one -on -one matchups. So yeah. I don't know if there's a reason to be too worried, but you know, at the same time, I mean, Jones is also the kind of rusher that, you know, has given Orlando Brand a little bit of trouble in the past. I mean, he's he's got some things to still work on. Um, you know, I, I think that overall we've seen him hold up pretty well when he's been going up against Frank Clark a lot. Um, he's been seeing some other guys, you know, in drills. I mean, so we haven't seen any big issues with Orlando Brown. But, yeah, that was just a bad start for him today in the one-on-ones. So this isn't a transition to the offense thing. This is just that Chris is a, a pain to have to go against. Uh, yeah. And wherever he lined that, I mean, you're seeing exactly why the Chiefs philosophy is we're going to put Chris Jones wherever we think he can wreck the most damage because yep. in this camp, he's been doing exactly that, just wrecking damage wherever he lines up. And, and I like to hear that. I, I want to know a little bit more about the backside of that matchup, what's going on in the rest of the defense. We'll get to that after we tell you about uh, the best protein bar on the market in Bill Park. We got to tell you about our pals at Built Bar, and you've heard us talk about them before, and we just can't stop because we enjoy them so much. Whether it was the special flavors like the coconut brownie chunk or the grasshopper cookie, like there are a number of things that make them very unique that they make their bars for their customers. 
And at the end of the day, they're all nutritious in terms of right around 150, uh, 130 to 180 calories is the range, all with 17 or 18 grams of protein in one bar and low sugar, low net carbs, like five grams of sugar on the average. And it comes in handy when you're trying to fulfill your workout regimen, whatever diet plan you're on, whatever you're trying to do nutritionally, Built Bar can help you there. And at the end of the day, they taste great. And that's what it comes down to with all their flavors, whether it's the coconut chunk brownie, uh, whether they're standard flavors like salted caramel cookies and cream and German chocolate. Uh, mint brownie is one of my favorites. There's a lot out there. I think you'll find something that you can enjoy today. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off of your next order. Use that promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off of your next order at built.com. So we led into that a little bit slick there. Sorry, I got a little ahead of myself, but the pass rush is, is one thing. I, um, I saw a couple of reps from Turk Wharton. I thought they looked pretty good as well. Really happy to see that. I guess he's doing Pilates, according to him. Uh, look, Chris Jones rubbing it off on him. That's great. Um, I mean, Derek Dottie is, is not a pass rush demon, but a solid guy in there. Uh, should I take away that, that Nadi looks like his normal self, not that he's regressed in any way? Yeah, I I think it's his normal self. I mean, you know, I, I, if anything, I mean, the fact that Creed Humphrey kind of handled him a little bit there in those one-on-ones, I think is probably a, a bigger compliment to Creed Humphrey than it is a knock against Derek Nadi. I mean, you know, uh, uh, and you're talking about the defensive line. I'll tell you what, one guy who had a really good rep was Colin Saunders. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't all perfect. I mean, he had the, his second round of one-on-ones was uh, a little bit rougher, but um, he absolutely, and I, I, I don't have my notes in front of me. I can't remember who it was. He just absolutely blew by his guy on his first snap in one-on-ones. It was a, a nice first step. Um, the only thing with Nadi, Nadi had like two false starts in a row oh. on one-on-one. So uh, I don't know if I'm going to read too much into that, but yeah. maybe that was just a little bit in his head of his earlier matchup with Humphrey, and he was just trying to get that quick first step. Well, I'm glad to hear both those things, actually. Uh, you know, Saunders, Saunders is a big man, but... Still got a little bit of athleticism out there that might be applicable. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Linebackers seem to have a decent day out. Um, another pick for Nick Bolton, right? Um, looked like they were moving some new guys into uh, the first line defense there. Uh, I think Harris got some reps, right? Anything that stood out to you? Yeah, you know, they've uh, with Neiman and, and Hitchens being out, and Hitchens did get a little bit of teamwork today. Um, but that has been met, you know, that green dot calling the play has been kind of circling around a little bit, but honestly, the guy who's gotten the most work the last couple of practices with those guys out has been Darius Harris. Um, you know, is he the number three Mike at this point? I don't, I mean, maybe he's probably the best equipped to be that number three at this point because he's had some experience. He's been around the system for a little bit. Um, but Nick Bolton, yeah, I mean, has, has looked everything that the chiefs were hoping for as far as that draft pick goes. I mean, I still preach hey, be patient with this because the Chiefs are grooming him for a bigger role. They're not grooming him to be an outside guy. That's not what they're hoping him to be. They're hoping that he's going to be the next Mike linebacker for this team and take over for Anthony Hitchens. And that means more responsibilities and more duties. Um, But at at this point, you look at where Willie Gay was at this point in his development last year and with no OTAs and where Nick Bolton is. Remember, with all of his college experience, he is further along. Oh, yeah. But that doesn't mean that it's going to, you know, result in immediate playing time. I mean, I think he's going to get his snaps, um, but it's going to, this is a, this is to the Chiefs. Nick Bolton is all about 22. Uh, I, you know, if what they get in 21, I think is gravy. It's a bonus. They just want to make sure, I think in week one, 2022, that Nick Bolton is their guy. 
Well, the the way that, that Hitch and Neiman are going, I think they're going to get some bonus out of that. So good for them. Would you go so far as to say that Harris is the number five linebacker on this roster right now? Yeah, they see they really do seem comfortable with Darius Harris. And honestly, with you know all three of those young guys, with Willie Gay, Darius Harris, and Nick Bolton, uh, all three of them have comfortably moved around from position to position. I mean, um, hasn't been locking one guy into one spot, and and all three of them have looked you know pretty good at positions and places. Uh, remember, you know Harris was uh, you know a you know a kind of a sign and stash undrafted free agent guy mm-hmm. because he was injured coming out of college. Um, but she's really, really high on him. And you see that exactly why. I mean, I think he's starting to come into his own a little bit. And if that's the core nucleus of your linebacker group going into next year, I mean, right now, if that's the case, I think you'd have to be pretty optimistic as a Chiefs fan because all three of those guys have looked good. Yeah, th- that's great news. Does this mean that uh, Dorian Daniels in trouble here at the moment? Uh, possible. I mean, you know, the, the Chiefs kind of, you know, went light on linebacker last year, really just because they just didn't have a whole lot of depth. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, I think that that's a different case. I mean, I, I would think at this point, five linebackers being kept is bare minimum, whereas, you know, they went with four times last year. Right. Is there room for six, especially with it looking like maybe they're going to keep five safeties and, you know, how deep will they go at corner? Ten defensive linemen. I mean. You know, we start talking about keeping one extra guy at every spot, and you don't have a 60-man roster. So there's going to be some tough decisions. And honestly, I think there's going to be tougher decisions on this roster getting down to 53 than we have seen in a few years. That's that's really intriguing, especially when you mentioned the safety play. <sighs> Could they keep five? It it all comes down to teams, right? But the Thornhill injury, I think, is is the catalyst for all of that. Because if you don't if you don't have any worry about Juan Thornhill missing time, it seems pretty clear cut. But today they had to replace him. Uh, looked like Devin Key, the rookie, got a lot of snaps. Uh, how did he look to you? Yeah, hey, up and down moments. I mean, you know, getting his first taste with the ones. I, I thought he made a couple of good plays. He kind of got beat in a couple of spots too, and that was his really first chance to you know against that that first line unit as a, as a dime safety today. Um, but this is a guy going back even to rookie minicamp has has taken everything that's been given to him and, and excelled so far. I've I've been impressed with him since the beginning of May. So Devin Key to a degree is not coming anywhere out of nowhere. I mean, he's been there the entire time fighting along and and he's been running those number twos with uh, with Will Parks, mm-hmm. uh, with Armani Watts kind of still working his way in. So yeah, you're talking about a veteran like Parks. You've got now a guy with like Key with a ton of upside. Watts has been your special teams guy. You want Thornhill in there. Six guys aren't going to make it, and maybe not even five. I mean, it, it, maybe they do get into four, but so that's going to be another really competitive position because those guys are making it one. Well, and that brings me to the, the rest of the defense backfield. Keeping more than 10 is problematic. So if you're going to keep five, that means you're, you're only going to keep five corners. I find that hard to, to swallow with this particular unit. Do you think that's a possibility? Uh, it's a possibility. I mean, you know, w- once again, I mean, the position is going to have to give at some point. Um, but Traverse Ward, Legere Sneed, Rashawn Fenton, obviously there. I mean, at this point, Mike Hughes is getting the most looks, uh, you know, at corner. But DeAndre Baker, certainly in the mix there, too. And we haven't even gotten to Bo P. Keys yet. And we're already at five. Right. So, you know, and, and there's some other guys, too, I think that, you know, could certainly be in the competition, maybe a little bit further back. Um, but yeah, that, that's a dividing line. I mean, there's going to be, there's going to be a name that Chiefs fans are familiar with that that's going to get on the waiver wire. 
I think they'd love to keep some of those guys in the practice squad. But yeah, I mean, even keeping even at keeping ten defensive backs, there's going to be some talent out there, barring injuries. That that's really intriguing to me. Anybody that stands out between Boodle, Zane Anderson, or or any of the other guys that are really striving to make sure they get a practice squad spot. You know, uh, I think DiCaprio Boodle has probably been the the biggest one that's just been flashing a little bit. Um, seems like he's really, you know, a, a tenacious player. Always seems to be around the football. He's had a couple of block up, you know, pass blocks here and there. Um, all those guys have been, you know, there have been mistakes. I mean, that's what you, you see at that point. But, you know, that level. Uh, Boodle's probably been the most impressive to me at that point after Key. I mean, Key is kind of on another point. I mean, I, I think he's got a really good chance of the 53 I'm not sure if anybody else in the secondary does, but there's there's a handful of guys, and, and and Boodle's probably at the top of that list of guys who I think will stick around on the practice squad. Okay. Well, that's that's a lot of information, and I thank you for sharing it. It's just day one. We have, what, three more days of pads, and then they'd get a little bit of a break, yes? Yep, we got th- uh, three more days. Uh, Friday, last day of the pads, and it's going to be uh, back in the 80s, nine, maybe 90 on Friday, right, right. and then to get the day off on Saturday. So, yeah. Okay. Enjoy it while you got it. Stay cool out there, Matt. Thanks for spending the time catching us up. Absolutely, Ryan. Always great talking to you, my friend. Folks, you guys have a great day. Thanks for listening to us today. We'll be back with more tomorrow. Talk to you then. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.